Hello, and welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast. The podcast is about entrepreneurship and tips for staying highly motivated to make a positive change in your life. Keep listening and follow the podcast to stay connected with the community at michaelcrane.live. So get comfy and enjoy today's conversation. Have you got a passion for creating your own natural skincare products and wondered what would be involved in creating beautiful botanical serums, balms, toners, cleaners, and lotions. On the michaelcrane.live podcast today, I'm so pleased to have with me Lorraine Dalmia, the award-winning CEO of Formula Botanical. She has an accolade of credits for the work she is doing, including the Digital Achiever of the Year Award for the Cosmetics Industry by Google and Cosmetic Executive Champion for Growing Her Business. Formula Botanica from a bootstrapped startup to a global education institution. For our listeners in business, I want to start by asking you a question to ponder. When you start out in your business, do you need to get the mission clear in your head about how you will change the world? So what will be your mission? Lorraine, her mission is to make formulation a, as commonplace as cookery. She believes that anyone can learn to formulate with natural, sustainable ingredients. Welcome, Lorraine, and thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. So tell me. How did it all start? How did it all start? What a great question. I'm a biologist by training and I have a great career behind me. I worked as an environmental consultant all over the world. Um, but I think I expected myself to be working with a lot more sort of plants and, you know, skipping through meadows was probably the, the idealistic picture I had in my head. And then I found myself in a lot of construction sites and oil and gas facilities and pipelines and offshore oil platforms and things like that. And I thought, hmm, this isn't quite as, as botanical as I had in mind. Um, so I knew I wanted to, to do something for myself. And at the time, that was paired with the fact that I kept coming up against the glass ceiling at work. You're too young, Lorraine. You're too inexperienced. You're too outspoken. You're too in your face. And I thought, you know what, the only way I'm going to get what I want here is by starting my own business. And um, as I think some women experience, I went off on maternity leave with my eldest son, who is now 11. And I was sat on the sofa. He fed all the time and literally ran the clock. I mean, I lost so much weight. It was just constant feeding. And I was sat there watching the BBC's Apprentice. And I thought, you know what, if these people can do this, then so can I. And the particular episode I was watching, they were making an iPhone app. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to make an iPhone app. I think I was slightly sleep deprived, slightly going out of my mind with the fact that I had a, a four-month-old baby in my arms. But 
I went and made an iPhone app. I hired a company in India. I designed all the content. And in that iPhone app, I taught people how to make their own DIY beauty products. We're using fruits and vegetables and fun ingredients you could get in the supermarket. And so that went out and it was downloaded in over 70 countries. And I really pushed it quite heavily on the media front. I got featured in the sun in various glossy magazines. And I thought, okay, well, that was step one. What happens next? I thought, I'm going to now make my own skincare. How do I do that? I thought, I don't know. I better go and learn. It's not something you learn in your biology degrees. Um, so I, I found a small online course, took it, loved it, got on quite well with it, started blogging because I thought the first thing I'll do is I'll build up an audience. I'm a prolific content creator and um, had within, I think about six to 12 months, had 30,000 readers a month on my blog. I thought, okay, we're going somewhere here. And then got on so well with this little course I was taking that I thought, hang on a minute, you know, I've now empowered myself to make all these lotions and cleansers and serums. And I was giving them to friends and family and people were going, this is amazing. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is life-changing stuff here. And at that point, I was on maternity leave again with my second son. And I had the chance to buy the school that I trained with. And it was a tiny little side hustle at the time. You know, it had a couple of hundred students. It was very much sold to me along the lines of this is an hour a day. That's all you have to put into it. You can just do it alongside your day job. So I went back to my day job. And um, well, first of all, they ghosted me. They stuck me in the attic. You know, I came back from my second maternity leave. I'd done really well in my career. You know, I had lots of interesting projects I was working on. And it was a bit like, oh, we haven't got anything for you now, Lorraine. You can just go sit upstairs and twiddle your thumbs. That's not me. So I knew I had to throw myself into my business and I did. And within four months, I'd recouped what I'd pay for it and thought, right, we're off, quit my job. Sat at home with my toddler and my baby and started running it. Seven years, eight years later, now I have 40 staff. It is no longer a side hustle. I don't run it in one hour a day. That would be hilarious if I could. Um, We sell millions of pounds worth of courses a year. We have over 14,000 students. We've taught in 179 countries. So it's, uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. That's a potted history of how I got to where I am today. Let me just say congratulations. Thank you very much. Let's start on our journey in business. We don't know where ultimately it's going to go. We know where we want it to go. But you know, it does take time. takes a whole lot of time and a whole lot of perseverance and perspiration. (laughs) So really, honestly, congratulations on your passion for your business and your products and your students. Thank you. But I want to ask you, a lot of our listeners on the show today may not be a biologist or a chartered environmentalist. Can a beginner learn the art of formulation? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know why I know this? It's because we as humans have been formulating for millennia. I mean, they found... 5,000-year-old scrolls that have recipes on them for face creams. We found 200-year-old preserved, sorry, 2,000-year-old preserved Roman face creams that are not that chemically dissimilar to the ones we buy today. I have DIY beauty books from the 1500s that use the same ingredients that we use now. We've been fed this myth 
by the mainstream beauty industry that you have to be a scientist or a chemist to make these beauty products. And the marketing they have put behind this is genius. And in the 1930s and 40s, some of the first beauty pioneers who weren't chemists, who weren't pharmacists, who weren't scientists, started wearing white lab coats in their marketing photos. And that filtered through to the department stores where you walk into these beauty counters, where you walk into Boots or Debenhams, well, not Debenhams, John Lewis, and you see all of these people wearing white lab coats. You go and have beauty treatments done. They're wearing white uniforms. You watch television adverts for cosmetics. They're all in their white lab coats in their labs. They have brainwashed us into thinking that you have to be a scientist to do this. And yet making these products, making your own lip balm, it's an oil, a butter and a wax in equal parts, melted down, solidified into a jar. It could not be simpler. So we have fallen for this myth, hook, line and sinker. And a lot of people come to us and they go, I haven't got a chemistry degree. I haven't got a background in science. Can I do this? And we go, absolutely, you can. Just learn it for yourself. In fact, um, I know that this podcast will come out probably a few weeks after we've taught this big masterclass, but we're teaching a huge free masterclass that starts next week. We'll have 40,000 people take part and all of them will learn how to make a really simple face cream with seven ingredients. I'm holding it up now because you can't see it on the podcast, but it's yellow. It smells of orange. It's beautiful. It's so easy to make. Everyone can do this. And that includes all of the listeners here today as well. And just give our listeners where they need to go. What's your website? FormulaBotanica.com. And they can sign up there. Yes. Yeah, we always have some free training on somewhere. So we've always got something to show you that everyone can formulate. Perfect. That's great. So let's get into your mission statement. You want to make formulation as easy as cooking. Tell us how and why. <laughs> Well, it's a skill that we can all reclaim. You know, we can all cook our own food. We can all grow our own food. We can all make our own clothes. We can all, you know, do our own DIY. Why can't we make our own beauty products? Well, it's purely because we've been told that we can't. But actually, it's so simple. I mean, if we applied this same logic to the way we used food, we would only buy ready meals or only go out for dinner because we'd be too scared of doing it correctly or safely. And yet we've internalized that myth. So I think everyone should be able to do this because not only is it fun and it's really easy and it's empowering, but it also allows you to step out of that vicious cycle of the beauty industry constantly telling you you're not good enough, you don't smell right, you're not attractive enough, you're not white enough or clean enough or thin enough, which is ultimately the message that they put out there. I mean, L'Oreal's founder um, in the 1930s, it, one of his main marketing strategies was tell people they're not attractive, tell people they don't smell right, tell people that they're not good enough. And whilst I'm sure that I hope L'Oreal has moved on from that since then, ultimately that underpins the entire beauty industry and the entire personal care industry. And if you step out of that and say, I'm going to formulate for myself, then not only can you just formulate products that make you feel good for who you are and you can make your own choices, but they also allow you to step out of that incredible cycle of consumption. I mean, nowadays, the average woman has 16 beauty products on her shelf, on her bathroom shelf. That wasn't the case 20, 30 years ago because we're constantly being told you need to buy more, 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 because you're not good enough, you don't smell enough, you're not white enough, you're not clean enough, etc. 
And you can step out of that by making your own products. It's also more sustainable. I mean, the beauty industry produces tens of billions of units of packaging per year. The vast majority of that is single use. The vast majority of that either ends up in landfill or in the sea, which is not good. And actually, wouldn't it be nice if we could just reclaim that skill, take ourselves out of that unsustainable cycle of endless consumption and have fun with it in the process? You mentioned uh, your products, but tell us what ingredients, what are the essential ingredients that you typically use? Because when I look on my jar, and by the way, I don't have 16 (laughs) oceans and oceans on my shelf. I only have one. But when I look at the ingredients, I'm thinking, oh, I wonder what that is. And I wonder what that means. And I wonder what that's Mm. doing to me and the environment and the planet. I'm not a biologist. And I don't kind of say that I know what these products are foolishly, by the way. But I do like very much like your concept of building a notion, potion and lotion that I know exactly what goes into that product. Because this is the way forward. Yeah. So the ingredients we use are all botanical and natural or naturally derived. Typically, you'll be working with things such as carrier oils, plant-based oils, which have been freshly pressed from nuts and seeds and fruits. You'll be working with essential oils, which we're all familiar with. But hydrosols, for instance, which are the flower waters that are the byproduct of essential oil distillation. If you create, if you distill a whole field full of rose petals, you'll get a teeny tiny amount of essential oil and you'll get gallons of rose hydrosol, rose water on the side. We work with that. We work with waxes. There are lots of different types. I mean, we're all familiar with beeswax, but you've got things like sunflower wax and marika fruit wax and berry wax. We work with uh, butters, there are lots of them. We've all heard of shea butter and cocoa butter, but my goodness, you've got a lipo butter and murumuru butter and combo butter and all these different amazing exotic butters. And then, of course, you've got all the plant extracts that you can put in there and the functional ingredients, which are fun to work with. The emulsifiers that bind your oil and water together to create a cream, the surfactants that make your shampoos foam, the preservatives that keep them safe and stable. And all of these ingredients can now be derived from plants, which is incredibly fun and empowering. And the mainstream beauty industry realizes now that people want to work with naturals. So whereas 10 years ago, I would go to a trade show, (coughs) excuse me, and I would be sort of chased off with a broomstick when I tell people what I did and how we teach all these people, teach all these students around the world. Now they're standing there with open arms going, come and see the latest naturally derived functional ingredients that I have for you on show, Lorraine. So it's it's inspiring. And I think that's probably the main thing that attracts people to formulation because you get to surround yourself by these herbs and flowers and seeds and roots and petals. And it, it grounds you because plants represent a stillness And a lot of people feel like they're rushing all the time. So when I ask our students, how does formulation make you feel? A lot of them say grounded, centered, at peace. And I think that's wonderful because connecting with those plants is is ultimately what I think attracts a lot of people to formulation. Yeah, I totally agree. I must tell you, during lockdown, um, I've been inviting friends over, subject to COVID rules. And... Because we can't go out to the bar or the club or most places, um, 
So we've been having spa nights. Nice. And our spa <laughs> nights have consisted of a face mask, um, gloves, gloves, uh, foot socks with some essential oils. But I must tell you, it would be even better if I was able to formulate my own products for my next spa night. So when I want to ask you, Lorraine, for my next spa night, what would you suggest? And at the end of your suggestion, tell us how I can learn more about those products. Gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, you told me you only have one product on your bathroom shelf. So I don't believe that anymore now. <laughs> I've got a few face masks. Or I did. <laughs> there you it's go. All well, you're beautiful. <laughs> beautifully, they tell me. I'm Love not it. sure with all those P numbers in the. <laughs> So you can easily make your own face masks. In fact, they're an incredibly fun thing to do. Um, I would recommend getting some clays. You can get things like green clay, pink clay, white clay. We're all, they're very easy to get hold of. Um, just to have a look at some cosmetic ingredient suppliers online, actually. There are loads of them all over the world. I presume the majority of the listeners are in the UK, um, in which uh, case there are many of US them. US as well. Okay, well, we have US, about 400 unique listeners, listeners per day at the moment and growing. Well, US, UK, you're sorted. There are loads of online ingredient suppliers. Go get yourself some clays and get yourself some hydrosols. And all you need to do is mix them together in equal parts. Now, I will say that won't keep for very long. You'll have to use it straight away. But a lot of people love the sort of ritual of getting the bowl, putting the clay in there. You could even add in some additional powders like milk powders, for instance, various botanical powders, and then pour in either a hydrosol or some cooled tea. You could make some green tea or white tea, for instance, cool it down completely, blend it in, and then actually paint it on with a brush. That is a great fun sort of spa ritual to do at home. Another great thing to, to try is a homemade scrub. I mean, we're talking more homemade than ready to sell at the moment, but I'm, I'm trying to keep it simple for, for you and the listeners before you maybe embark on your own formulation journey. This is where everyone starts anyway with DIY. If you're making scrubs for the body, there are lots of different types of salts you can get, which are great fun as well. I mean, we're all familiar with things like rock salt and sea salt, but you've got you know, pink Himalayan salt, uh, Icelandic geothermal salt, um, Hawaiian red lava salt, you know, and you can blend these together with different oils, with different butters that you maybe melt down in equal parts and then blend, um, blend the salt into it and use that as a lovely scrub in the shower. So there are lots of options there for, for starting with a DIY pack at home. And then once you've made one, you've tried it out and you maybe tinker about with it and create a different consistency, create a different smell. You might suddenly think, hang on a minute, I think I could sell this. And that's where most of our students start as well. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Ah, and and in, in that, share the um, successes of one of your shining or maybe... You know, I don't want to kind of pinpoint just to be one of your students, being that how many students have you got, Lorraine? Over 14,000. Ah, okay. So let's not highlight one person, but 
<laughs> tell me, tell me a typical success story of the people that find your course, take your course, immerse themselves in the learning of creating their own botanical or botanica products and going on that journey from DIY to entrepreneur selling their beauty products. Love it. Okay, so first of all, we tell people to define what success means to them. And I'm, I'm going to caveat that because with 14,000 students, success means a lot of different things. So some people want to stay really small and sell at their local markets and maybe sell to family and friends. Some people want to be able to quit their job and create a business that supports their family. Some people go for global domination, and we've seen all of those and all the shades of grey in between in our community. So I don't like to say success only means global domination or success only means being able to quit your job because there are lots of different shades of grey in there. But now I've caveated that. We've seen so many fantastic stories from our community. I'll highlight two very briefly. Um, last year, one of our students in the US, Sandra, she's in New York, she started a brand called Nopalera. And it's dedicated to her uh, Mexican heritage. So it, it honors the Latina roots. And it's all about the nopal cactus, nopalera, nopal cactus, which is the prickly pear seed cactus that you can get, which produces an incredible oil. So the oil is in everything she makes. The cactus is in her main logo. By month two, she'd had to move to commercial premises to keep up with demand. By month three, she was stocked by 50 different retailers across the U.S., I saw a message this week saying she's on NBC News tomorrow with her brand. She's doing incredibly well. Only started in November, not even been going for a year. What a story. Um, our most successful graduates have raised over eight and a half million dollars in investment funding. They're called Bybee, Bybee Beauty. They're being rolled out in Target across the US. They're in Sephora worldwide. They're in Boots here in the UK. Um, last night, last night, night before, they held the Met Gala in New York and um, Billie Eilish was wearing their skincare, Megan Fox was wearing their skincare, you know, they're doing incredibly, incredibly well. Um, so you see, those are two of the biggest success stories, but I have hundreds of smaller success stories as well, as well of people who've been able to quit their job, of people who have started to empower people in their community, of people who have been able to create small sustainable businesses that use local ingredients that have completely changed their lives. And that's why we do it, really. I love your story. Was this what you imagined when you started out? No. <laughs> How could I? I mean, you just don't know where these things are going to go. And I'll be honest, I didn't realize when I first took over Formula Botanica, because it was so small, what life-changing and world-changing potential it had. I thought it was very niche. I used to stand in the playground and people would go, what do you do? And I go, well, <laughs> let me tell you. And then they'd sit there and go, you do what now? That's really niche. That's really specialist. But what I've started to realize over the years is that everyone wants to learn to do this for themselves. And actually, it isn't that niche. In fact, it could be as ubiquitous as let's learn how to cook for themselves, which is why I've set this vision for Formula Botanica of teaching the world to formulate. Um, so yeah, I, I never envisaged us getting to this stage, but I'm thrilled to be here. What typically do the uh, are the products that people make and uh, formulate? Uh, your students is it face cream, anti aging cream, or for people like me, just the masks? 
so I should add that we teach hair care formulation as well as skincare formulation. And as of next February in our membership site, we're also going to be rolling out some makeup formulation for the first time ever, which I am incredibly excited about. Um, so the majority of people still make skincare. It doesn't matter if I stand on the top of a building, wave my arms around and go, everyone should make hair care because there's a massive opportunity here in the market. Everyone still makes skincare. And it's still very much along the lines of face care. But saying that, the market is growing hugely. I mean, even I think in 2020, the organic beauty market was worth about $16 billion US worldwide. That's going to grow to about, I think it's over $50 billion by 2027, they've predicted. So you see, I mean, the market share is enormous and everyone can get a slice of the pie and actually start reclaiming some of that uh, power from the mainstream beauty brands as well. So what does your runway look like from where you are now to where you're going? Well, that's a very good question. There are lots of options along the way. I feel slightly overwhelmed every day, actually, by how many options there are. I will say we grew by 85% last year and I hired 25 new staff members during lockdown. So you can probably imagine that we started 2021 in a bit of a state because we were playing catch up. We still are to a certain degree. I hired a new leadership team. I had to completely revamp everything in the business to be able to handle the growth that had happened. Um, so we are now currently just sort of staying where we are and getting our operational systems in place. And then the plan is to really push the growth because we've got to where we are, mainly through organic marketing. And by that, I mean content marketing. I mean, building a community, building a brand, social media. There's been very little paid marketing or affiliate marketing involved along that way. And now the plan is to really branch out into that. In fact, next week we go into our first ever big affiliate launch. We have 250 affiliates signed up. That could be so much bigger. I mean, with 14,000 students, we've got 14,000 ambassadors as well. So you can imagine how big we can take that. And I could envisage Formula Botanica in the future, maybe even having physical schools around the world, which is where I'd quite like to see it go. I don't know if I'll be the person to take it there, but I feel that the school has so much potential that it could be a massive global entity at some point. And um, I hope to watch it get there one day. Yeah, all the very best in your future plans, Lorraine. Tell me, you mentioned that you've just created a leadership team. Why did you do that? <laughs> because I don't have enough hours in the day to do everything myself. I had tried to create one a few times over the years. I'd made some fairly disastrous hiring choices and it got to the stage that I was pretty much on my knees and I needed help because I needed people to help lead it, lead the company with me. So in September last year, I made two fantastic new hires, um, one of whom I'd known for many years and who'd been working with me as a, a contractor for years. Um, he's now my business partner as well. And it's completely revamped Formula Botanica. It's completely revamped my life. I can take Fridays off now you know, I feel really proud being able to say that. I feel like I'm finally being able, being allowed to step into the CEO role because when you run your own business, you do everything, right? And you have all these hats on. I feel like I've had 300 hats on my head for the last eight years and I take all of them off one by one, but I'm still left with a good 50. I probably still have at least 40 of them or so on, but having that leadership team in place has been, has been able, has allowed me to become 
the CEO of the company that I run now. And that has been incredibly empowering. You know, um, I follow gurus for, I, you know, I, I read their books, the likes of Andrew Carnegie, Henry Ford. And when they were building their business many years ago, they had to had a mastermind group. Now, I know a lot of people call it many things, but, you know, in their mastermind group, there were 59 members that met really regularly. And, and I think business on the whole is such a big challenge. There's so many things that you can get wrong. Normally, when you get the thing right, it's by luck anyway, by doing a lot of the things that didn't work. So how many, how many people in your leadership team, Lorraine? Well, there's three of us, so not many. <laughs> and, and what skills do they bring that you don't bring? Well, lots. I mean, I have uh, a chief growth officer who is in charge of actually running the, the marketing and systems and tech and is responsible for the growth targets that we've set ourselves. Um, I have a chief, a chief administrative officer who is awesome. I mean, she's a former military air traffic controller. If you can land military planes, then I like to think that you can handle my team and all of its, its systems. And bringing that wealth of experience into the company has been phenomenal because you just can't do it all alone, can you? And there comes a point when you are at breaking point, and I've been there many times over the years, and no doubt I'll be there again at some point, but every single time you level up, you need more people with the right experience to come in. And unfortunately, as I said, you know that's been my biggest challenge is finding the right people. And I've made some terrible hires, lovely people, but absolutely the wrong people to, to do the jobs that they were recruited for. And that has held me back over the years. And I think that's a story that many business owners are familiar with. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, just imagine I'm one of your students now. And I want to see what the journey is going to look like by becoming a member of your organization, your educational organization. Can you tell me, what it would look like, where would I start and how you offer your, I know you have mentoring education advisors. So what's the total, what, what is the package? What is the deal? How can I do it myself? Well, the first thing you do is you have to learn to uh, understand the ingredients you work with. And that's where we start everyone off. I mean, we even start them off with the anatomy of the skin before that, because if you're going to make products for the skin or the hair, you need to know what you're going to be putting your products on. Um, we start to get people familiar with making very basic formulations first. Now, we don't teach people how to follow recipes. We teach them how to create their own formulations. And this is a really big distinction because what I was talking to you about earlier in terms of your lovely spa nights, you know, those are DIY recipes that you would follow. But there comes a point that you go, I'd now like to tailor this to my own requirements. And then you become a formulator. So we try and get people started with really basic formulations, really basic recipes, and then we get them to create their own version. So we will start someone off making a face oil, which is literally just as simple as blending a couple of carrier oils, a couple of plant-based oils together. And there are hundreds of amazing oils out there like strawberry seed oil or bariti oil or kiwi seed oil, you name it. And so then people think, okay, well, I followed their recipe. Now I'm going to make my own. 
And I'm really interested in all these ingredients that I've been reading about in the materials that the school has provided me with. So then you step up to the next type of formulation. You know, then you might start working with formulations that contain water and you have to stabilize them and you have to add your first preservative in. Formulations that contain water do have to be safely preserved. Otherwise, they go off and they grow mold and bacteria. No one wants that. Then you'll move up and say, okay, well, the next one is going to foam. Now I've learned how to create a water-based formulation. Now I want it to foam. I can make a body wash. Now I want it, blend it together with oil. So I have oil and water together. I'm making an emulsion. And so we we sort of take them through these steps to get slowly to the, the more challenging formulations, which are still very simple to make. Then we teach them about things like dermal limits. We start to go through how to set up your lab safely, how to comply with the regulations all around the world. We tend to encourage people to comply with those of the EU because they are the highest standard in the world. And that's what we want. We want completely rigorous and safe cosmetics to go out there. Um, we do a bit of branding and marketing with them. And that's just the foundation diploma. You know, Then you can move on to more advanced formulation skills. You can take our what I like to call our Indie Beauty MBA, where we'll show you how to turn your formulations into a business. Um, we'll, we'll teach you how to test your formulations, how to preserve them safely, how to work with more high-performance botanicals. And those are all courses that people then move on to eventually. Or you learn how to make your own hair care, which is pretty awesome as well, because everyone needs a shampoo and conditioner. You mentioned your foundation diploma course there. Does that take people from DIY to starting their own business? Yes, and many people have. Um, A lot of people want to continue with their studies after that. And we have a big entrepreneur program. We call it our International Organic Skincare Entrepreneur Program that people then upgrade to, or they go straight into that, which contains our foundation diploma as well. But yes, you absolutely can. And I've watched hundreds of people do so very successfully. What is the most popular product that people you find want to make? And what does it contain, Lorraine, generally? (laughs) Well, it will always contain something different because every single person comes out of the course making different products. And that's the beauty of formulation. Because if we taught them all how to follow a recipe, then 14,000 plus people would have all made the same recipe. And that would suck. And the world doesn't need that. But we want them all to make their own thing. So if you're based in Nigeria, you'll be thinking about the plants that grow locally to you. We have a graduate in Mongolia who is sold, her products are sold all over Asia and she has dirty staff. You know, she uses yak's milk and locally grown rosehip oil and sea buckthorn oil, etc. So the ingredients very much depend on the student. The most popular product, interestingly, is still is the serum which is a product that we didn't even really know about 30 years ago. Again, the beauty industry has invented this, but it's like a a high performance dosage that you'll add it on top of your face cream or into your face cream even. Um, After that, it's the humble cleanser, which we all know, but comes in many different forms, the foaming cleanser, the balm cleanser, the oil cleanser, the gel cleanser, etc. But that's where people like to start. So can you share with our listeners how your business is set up? How You, you mentioned earlier you've got 40 staff. And, and are they all educators? Are they all supporters? And how, how, how have you set it up? I've set it up in different teams. So we have an education team, obviously, because we have to deliver the courses. And that education team comprises tutors who are grading coursework, but also um We've got technical researchers in there. We have a, we have chemists and pharmacists and biochemists and all sorts of 
scientists in there who spend a lot of time researching the materials that go in the courses. Then I have a student experience team who manage our very busy help desk. I mean, we get over a thousand tickets a week, um, either by email or call or live chat or DMs. I mean, they come in from literally everywhere. It's like a tidal wave of messages that come in all the time. So that, that's filled with student advisors who are picking up the phone and dealing with payment requests and dealing with admissions requests. Um, I've got a community team. We run big communities across our social media platforms. I mean, we have a big free group on Facebook with 50,000 people in it. And that's filled with student mentors who are, who are people who have taken our courses and who are out there helping, answering questions, basically working around the clock. We make sure that we have 24-7 coverage. So the student mental team is based literally around the world in order to be able to provide that. I have a marketing and systems and tech team, although we're building that team up and we're currently recruiting for two positions in there even. Um, so we've got various people in various roles and um, we're still not quite finished. I need more staff. I think we'll probably land somewhere around 45, 50 when we finally balance out to where we need to be and can really handle the growth that's coming. But um, yeah, that's that's more or less how it's set up. And typically, how long, what's the life cycle of a student and how long does it take from going DIY to actually starting their own business and generating uh, their, their passion? How long is a piece of string? Um, it varies entirely. So our courses are self-study courses, which means that people can work through them in their own time at their own pace, which is very empowering. Because as you can imagine, most people who come to us have a job, have a family, have other responsibilities. You know, They all come to us with other things going on in their lives. So we've set the courses up so that they can work on them one day a week, very comfortably and complete a big diploma in six months. Now, some people will go... I'm on it. I'm doing it full time. That's it. And they'll charge through it in a month. Other people will go, I'm going to take my full two years to work through it because we set deadlines on the courses. You do not have lifetime access. We're a school, not a place where you just buy a course and it just sits there forever with you doing nothing with it. So um, the majority of people, I would say, take at least two years from start to finish. And that means when I say finish, I mean launching a business. Some people will take a hell of a lot longer and some people will charge into it. Saying that, we also have people enrolled with us who already have a business and they've realized that they're out there and they don't really know what they're doing and they need a bit of help and they don't want to go to university to become a chemist because you're not going to learn how to be a skincare or beauty entrepreneur at university. They want the actual information from Formula Botanica. So it varies hugely, but I'd say on average, you're looking at around two to three years. Great. You mentioned earlier that you are entering into a launch phase. You're, yep. you're launching a new course, new product. Can you tell our listeners more about that? So we work along a launch model, which means that uh, four times a year, we open up enrollment for various courses. Um, so the one that's coming up will be our big international organic skincare entrepreneur program, which is our flagship program. And we only open enrollment for that twice a year. Those dates are set because we're an education institution, so people know when it's going to happen. And then in January and July, we always have what we call our term time when we just open up all of our individual courses. And at that point, you know, everyone just floods in and we will comfortably sign up over a thousand students in a week each time. 
So we, yeah, we work along a launch model because that allows us to have student intakes and it allows my team to prep everything at once and make sure that we host our orientation sessions at the same time. And it just helps with the way that we run things. And from a business perspective, it works a lot better as well because it means that we can build that scarcity model into what we do overall. And over the next five years, what are your initial plans? Lots of growth. I mean, as I said, we've only really scratched the surface. If we've achieved where we are today, I mean, we, we sold over four million pounds worth of courses last year. If we've achieved that through predominantly organic growth, then really the world is our oyster. Every single person out there, particularly women, would like to learn how to formulate and I want to teach them. And I want to really dispel this myth that you have to be a scientist to make these beauty products. So I plan to be on a TED stage next year. I'm working on my script at the moment with my script writers um, and we're going to try and push the beauty industry's buttons a little bit with that. And we're just going to be yeah, trying to get the message out to as many people as possible. We have so many projects in the pipeline. I don't even really know where to start, to be honest, nor does my team, which is why we're building a huge project management and change control system in the back end at the moment, which is incredibly corporate and boring, but very, very necessary because it will allow us to achieve that growth that we want to go for. Well, good luck with your future plans. And thank you so much for being on the show today, Lorraine. Our listeners will, I know without a shadow of a doubt, really get encouraged and enthused to take action and start their own business. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have a business story to share, please reach out and contact us on michael at michaelcrane.live. To hear more stories from entrepreneurs and business leaders, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Spotify so you never miss an episode. We look forward to having you back for our next podcast show. Thank you.